millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Esther, Vector, Aaron, Critter, Lonely German, Trisha... Good to see you guys. Thanks for keeping the chat warm for us out there. Good evening, everyone. And of course, welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News Live. Today, I just, I love it. Some days when I get in here, I start looking at the news and I'm realizing just how quickly everything is moving. The deep state failed political apparatus is crumbling all around us. Doesn't mean they're not going to fight and fight hard. But it means that we are gaining ground. I have some pretty awesome announcements to make for you guys. We're going to open with something that I hope is going to give you as much joy as it gave me. And hopefully I'll be able to fit all of this in, everything that I've got prepared for you. So if you wouldn't mind, please hit that like button, hit the thumbs up, hit the hit the flame, hit the red pill. If you also wouldn't mind, do me a favor and help us out by sharing this show on Telegram or on Twitter, Truth Social, Facebook even, or TikTok. I don't know. Wherever you're at. Guys, without further ado, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we'll be right back after this. All right, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here. If you wouldn't mind helping us out over on the chat on Rumble, let Lonely German know that there definitely is sound, and it's got to be a setting within his browser. 
Perhaps he has muted sound inside the browser settings. Perhaps in his PC settings, he has changed his default speakers to something that isn't there. Uh, but definitely there is sound. So I want to say, first of all, thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, thank you for joining me on this and every weekday as we break down the day's latest news. I'm going to open up with something that I hope you were expecting and that is going to give you a lot of joy. You remember not that long ago, I told you that our good friend J.R. Majewski was going to continue the fight against the people who sought to defame his person the people who sought to mischaracterize his record. Uh, and if there's anybody out there who thought that J.R. Majewski was guilty of stolen valor, you know, I'm going to say with all due respect, you can F off. For those people, J.R. Majewski has been vindicated. And it turns out that Marcy Kaptur, in coordination with, looks like the Associated Press, uh, perhaps the Veterans Administration, and certainly the DCCC, they sought to illegally obtain JR's records and then misrepresent them because, of course, they were classified. The specific locations of JR's deployments were not listed, but that lack of information in the official record did not in any way constitute stolen valor. JR has cleared his name, and as a result, JR is also announcing his run in 2024 for Ohio's 9th District. Once again, he's going to be going up against Marcy Captor, who's going to be even older, even slower, and even more tied to the uh, anvil that is Joe Biden and his record, as well as the record of the radical left establishment that is day by day chiseling away at everything that is good and pure here in America. So I'm going to ask you to join me in viewing this video of JR's campaign announcement. Let's take a look. Hi, everyone. This is JR Majewski. And today I would like to formally announce my campaign for Congress in Ohio's 9th District. You see, Marcy Captor, who I like to call Corrupt Captor, was recently exposed. She was caught spending millions of dollars lying about my military career. Now, I'm proud to stand with the truth, and I'm proud that my record has been vindicated. And I'm proud to be stronger than ever in my fight alongside you against the corrupt elite class of Washington, D.C. Now, this campaign, it's about the working class citizens of Ohio. This campaign is about putting America first. And this campaign is about fighting for you. And I'm asking every one of you to go to jr4ohio.com right now and join Team Majewski. Last cycle, we started a movement. This cycle, we win. So proud of my boy, JR. You know, we were discussing after the race here just uh, last fall, what was JR going to do? Was he going to continue on? Uh, was he going to just get a job in the private sector and hang up his hat and not try again? And I said, JR, you are someone who is a known quantity now. And maybe you didn't have the name recognition that you should have in 2022, but certainly. When you're running against Marcy Kaptur for the second time, people are going to remember you. And by the time that that election rolls around, you'll have had an opportunity to show people who you truly are. All you got to do is continue to campaign, continue to speak at events, and continue 
to be the true American patriot that you are, and people will recognize exactly what's going on. So I'm going to be passing out the link to JR's website. This is jr4ohio.com. This is actually a, um, a, a redirect to his campaign fundraising website. So do me a favor, guys, if you wouldn't mind, uh, check that out. And uh, show JR your support. You've got, obviously, until 2024 for him to uh, actually be running again. And in the meantime, I think that he deserves and needs as much support as we can possibly give him. Uh, So now, now that we've gotten that spectacularly good news out of the way, I had to show you guys this bit of information, which Stu Peters was passing around earlier today. Um, He said that Malik Obama had been dropping documents proving that Barack Obama was born in Nairobi, Kenya, and thus was a fake and illegitimate president. And he includes a couple of pictures. Uh, One of them is a British passport for Mr. B.H. Obama, Barack Hussein Obama. And if you look inside, it's got his name uh, and it's got uh, some information. Uh, if you go over here, uh, you've got some dates. You've got uh, the uh, the date that it has uh, that it was that it was actually um, uh, issued, and the date that it's going to be valid until. But Stu leaves out some very choice information, which I feel was just a little bit dishonest. If you go to Malik Obama's actual Twitter profile to look at the information he posted himself, uh, then you will see a tweet that has gotten far less engagement than the tweet Stu Peters had shared. Uh, but it has a lot more pictures and it gives us a fuller picture of exactly what Malik Obama was putting out there. So he was sharing a passport from Nairobi, Kenya, that was for a Barack H. A Barack Hussein Obama. But the only thing is, it's not that Barack Hussein Obama. It was for Barack Hussein Obama's legal father. Uh, and you can see here that it shows that he was born in uh, June. Well, excuse me. Uh, yeah, June 18th, 1934. Uh, so although the name is the same, Uh, The image and the passport was actually issued to someone else. So I found it very interesting that Stu would share that select information. Now, I I think that it's not up for debate. I do believe that Barack Obama was an illegitimate president, and I believe that uh, he was born outside of the United States. So for that reason, I don't think it's necessary to post information that isn't true and also is kind of swiping it from the person who actually posted it and then misrepresenting what it says, knowing that people like us, patriots who want to expose the truth are going to find it and then share it around indiscriminately. It would have only taken another moment for Stu to have added a couple of more pieces of data for full context to the information he was saying. But if he would have done that, it would have destroyed his own narrative. So I'm going to call this one out, guys. Uh, I really don't think that this was a wise move. And uh, I think that it was dishonest. So, you know, maybe it was a one-off, but no, that's not for me to decide. Uh, I just needed to uh, let you guys know about it. Anyways, here is our first really interesting and heartwarming piece of news from 
the news today. Uh, I live in Florida. You guys know that I live in Florida. I know many of you live in Florida. And uh, I've told you before, I've had people who were native Floridians tell me to stop telling people to move to Florida uh, because apparently, I guess it was a very successful movement that I started. I, I didn't start it, but you know what I mean. Well, I would recommend that um, if you're a pedophile, you may not want to move to Florida or rather <laughs> I'm going to encourage you to move to Florida because Florida lawmakers are getting ready to pass a law which allows the death penalty for pedophiles. That's right. Are you a pedophile? Might you be a pedophile? Well, you might find yourself strapped to a gurney getting a lethal injection, ending your career of victimizing and harming children for the rest of their lives. So if this passes, pedophiles could be sent to death if they commit sexual battery on a child under the age of 12. Now, Personally, <laughs> Vector says Florida is ripping off my policies. <laughs> now, Florida, uh, I, I think the only thing that we should change here is perhaps that age. You know, I, I think 12 and under, I, I don't know that the victimization of someone 12 and under is like any worse than like the victimization of somebody from like 13 to 17. Um, I think maybe there should be some additional qualifications that are added in here, but I like the direction they're going. I also would appreciate it if they were to legalize different methods of using the death penalty. Perhaps uh, if we've got the electric chair, I think that's great. That's cool. Let's use the electric chair. If we've got cyanide gas chambers, let's use cyanide gas chambers. If we've got the lethal injections, let's use the lethal injections. Uh, but we can get creative here, guys. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a firing squad. They've just shown us in other places across the United States that uh, making the firing squad legal again is coming back in vogue. How about a guillotine? Uh, how about selective amputation prior to the final horrible act? Uh, there are all kinds of ways. We've got lots of uh, crocodilians and alligators down here in Florida. You could have a, an entire arena filled with very hungry alligators and only one entrance and exit straight through the center of that arena. Uh, death by fire ant, there's a good one. Uh, you know, basically, uh, one of the things that I have spoken about numerous times on this channel is, is the incredible work being done by Sheriff Grady Judd in Polk County. Now, uh, Grady Judd has uh, almost single-handedly, probably across the entire United States, brought more pedophiles and sex offenders to justice than anybody else. Um, I think that it is only fitting that uh, perhaps we put Grady Judd in charge of something like this. Perhaps he could moonlight on the side. We can get him as some type of uh, an advisor on what types of policies we should be putting into place. But I think this is a real opportunity. Now, uh, in uh, in Florida, uh, there have, well, excuse me, rather, the United States as a whole, we haven't executed anyone since 1964 for a crime that did not include murder. So once again, Florida is going to be on the leading edge, the, the bleeding edge, if you will. And the Supreme Court had previously ruled that imposing capital punishment in rape cases is unconstitutional. However, this may change now that we have a majority of conservative justices. So what we need to happen is for Florida to pass this law, and then there can be a challenge to it in the courts. Now, we know that 
the left wing uh, are going to not be very happy about this. I mean, they want the 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 opportunity. They they want the the opportunity to molest children. They they want to be able to do the most horrible, horrible, terrible things. And with this particular bill, it's going to strike fear into the hearts of the worst elements of our society. Perhaps as a result of this, we will have a lot of people moving out of Florida. I don't know what the percentage of pedophiles to non-pedophiles is, but based upon the work of Grady Judd, I think that it's safe to say that we've got a couple of them here, down here in Florida. Super con, bro. Uh, who else misses old Sparky? I know I do, LOL. Yes, absolutely. I miss old Sparky, and uh, I think that if we were to reinstitute the death penalty for crimes such as this down here, then there's nothing wrong with uh, televising it as well. Giving people the opportunity to see what happens if you want to go up against the law. Uh, this is not just any law. I'm not talking about murdering people for uh, stealing loaves of bread. No, we're talking about putting people to death for creating lasting lifetime damage to a child through the act of sexual battery and molestation. I think it's pretty clear-cut. It's a very good idea, uh, and I would like to see it happen. Now, basically, the bill has to go through the Rules Committee. Uh, We have a Senate sponsor. uh, His name is Jonathan Martin. He himself is a former prosecutor, so he understands the law and how to implement it. He said if an individual rapes an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 2-year-old, or a 5-year-old, they should be subject to the death penalty. Once again, clear cut. Disney will be hiring soon if that passes. Perhaps they will. Uh, Aaron Wyatt, who is uh, representing the Florida Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers at this meeting, defended pedophiles against the death penalty under the guise of caring about victims. What? This bill invites a longer, costlier legal process for the victim and their families that they will endure. While this crime... While this crime, anyone convicted of it, is vile, heinous, the Constitution itself, the case law, the Supreme Court, demands a maximum of life in prison. And so it's not the vengeance we all want, it's the justice the Constitution demands. As far as I know, the Constitution doesn't enumerate anything specific about not putting pedophiles to death, not taking people who are guilty of sexual battery against a child, a very young, defenseless, and impressionable child, and uh, just taking them out of the population. You know, for me personally, I mean, this is, there has to be a genetic component. There has to be a component of pedophilia that is inherent to the individual that is committing it, because this this act, committing this act, I, I mean, it's immediately and obviously abhorrent to anybody who thinks critically. Uh, most people wouldn't even need to think about this, uh, and uh, therefore it just automatically is something that, you know, hands off. Okay, even hardcore criminals, you know, this is why they kill pedophiles in prison. You know, and maybe this is why they haven't passed this law yet, is because quite often the prison population self-regulates and takes care of these guys all on their own. And then they don't have to worry about it. But just because the Constitution doesn't say specifically that we can put pedophiles to death is not an invitation to maintain that practice. I think that if you went back in time to the 
era of our forefathers, it's likely that a pedophile, somebody who is like serially molesting kids, might have found themselves at the end of a rope. Certainly, uh, that's what a a lot of fathers would have done. And, uh, you know, I can understand that. Um, Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book, who is a Democrat and also a victim of child sex abuse, appears to support the bill. So this is not just a conservative policy. This is a bipartisan bill, which looks to have the support that is needed to pass it through. Uh, Book said this, this is a life sentence that is handed down to young children. Exactly. We're talking about the youngest of the young in this bill. I was one of those kids. I still to this day at 38 years old deal with the very, very real lasting effects of this crime. It never goes away. Sometimes you close your eyes and you see it. I don't get a chance to make it stop. Now, a report from CBS, who I'm certain was not too excited about this, explains under the bills, defendants could receive death sentences based on the recommendation of at least eight of 12 jurors. Judges would have discretion to impose the death penalty or life sentence defendants to life or sentence defendants to life in prison. If fewer than eight jurors recommend death, defendants would receive life sentences. Currently, unanimous jury recommendations are required before judges can impose the death penalty in murder cases. But lawmakers are also poised to change that requirement to allow death sentences after recommendations from eight of 12 jurors. The Senate has already passed such a change, and the House is set to take it up tomorrow. So keep your eyes on Florida and what's happening. Uh, I often talk about the need for the right and the left to come together and and work on issues that will uh, have a sustainable and positive impact upon Americans and even more specifically the lives of our children. Uh, and if pedophiles are aware that there is a strong possibility they won't just get life in prison, but they will, in fact, get the death penalty and maybe find themselves in the yoke of a guillotine, uh, then perhaps they will think twice about doing this. Or at least they'll move to a larger Democrat-controlled city where they think they can get away with it. Either way, it's morally reprehensible, and I think that we need to be putting these people to death. Uh, let me get a show of hands. Uh, Dusker who? Good to see you, man. Let me get a show of hands. Give me a one in the chat if you support the death penalty for pedophiles, people who have uh, brutally raped and molested children who, as Lauren Book says, uh, live with that crime for the rest of their lives. The fear, the stress, the anxiety, the PTSD, it's always there. Uh, and give me a two if you disagree with me on this, because I'm not looking to call you out, but I just, I kind of want to get an idea. I sure hope I see all ones. Yeah, all right. Looks like we're all on the same page here. I'm glad to see that. I'm glad, glad to see that. All right, now, next next thing that I need you guys to do, I've asked you to contact your state legislature and your uh, uh, representatives in Washington, D.C., specifically about the Restrict Act. I think that you should also contact your state legislature, your state house, uh, state senate. Let them know that you are interested in them doing the same thing that Florida is doing, and that they can use Florida's legislation as a template to ensure that the children of your state are also safe. 
Very excited about this. Okay, next piece of information I wanted to bring up. We have this uh, pretty interesting Twitter spaces between, it was an interaction between Elon Musk and this BBC reporter. Uh, and Elon basically took this guy and mopped up the floor with him. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a listen. Ah, wild thing. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say we got a two. We got one, two. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to refresh, aren't I? Robin Sachs that used to be in content moderation. And, and, and we've spoken to people very recently who were involved in moderation. And they just say they just, there's not enough people to police this stuff, particularly around, um, particularly around hate speech um, in the company. Do, do, is that what something that you want to address? Talking about? I mean, you use Twitter. Right. Do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean, I, I, but just a personal anecdote. Like, what do you do? I don't. Personally, my uh, for you, I would see I get I get more of that kind of content. Yeah, personally. Okay, I just want to say, I have never, never once seen hate speech on Twitter. I'll tell you what I do see. Twitter now, out of nowhere, is recommending thoughts to me. It's recommending these porn chicks uh, who are advertising their OnlyFans. This is not something I've ever looked for on Twitter, and it's certainly not something I'm going to follow. So, Elon Musk, if you can do anything about the uh, Twitter suggestions for thoughts, then I would appreciate it. But I think they're doing great with hate speech. I don't see any hate speech, and hate speech is a subjective term anyways. It's a trap. But I, I'm not going to talk to, talk to the rest of, for, for the rest of Twitter. You see more hate speech personally? I would say I would see more hateful content in that. And that content you don't like oh. or or hateful. What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean you know just content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist. Those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if something I, is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is I'm that not. What you're I'm not saying anything. I'm well, saying. I'm just curious. What you, I'm, I'm trying to say what you mean by hateful con- content. And I'm asking for specific examples, um, and if. And you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that? No, oh, this dude is getting mopped. Should be bad. Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, what I'm asking for examples. Can right? You, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. Use, I, I, honestly, you I don't can't name use, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. And actually, a lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, I only look at my, my followers. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even <laughs> one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, I, I how did you see the hateful content? Content <laughs> because I've been, I've been using, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen that you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and you I, can't I, give us a more. And, and, and I'm saying, I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> yeah, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con- content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed. What, no, no, what I claimed was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information oh, is on the rise. Oh, oh. Do, do you see him moving the goalpost? He went from personally viewing hateful content, hate speech, 
sexism, misogyny all over Twitter since Elon Musk took over. Elon Musk takes over and suddenly there's this explosion and people saying mean things. I have found it to be exactly the opposite. Now, now the story is that, oh, no, no, there's actually organizations who say that. I guess I didn't really see it. Go back to UK. Stop propagandizing here in the United States. You're a liar. Whether it has on my feed or not. I mean, right. And if you look at something like the the, uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the the UK, they will say that. So people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a single example. You can name one. Right. And as as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's. I don't think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experience more hateful content. And then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I <laughs> that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know that's hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, wow. COVID misinformation. You change the COVID, you change the COVID misinformation. Has BBC changes COVID misinformation. The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm, I'm literally asking you about, you change the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. There used to be a policy, it then, it then disappeared. Why, why do that? Look, COVID is no longer an issue. Does the BBC uh, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation regarding masking and side effects of vaccinations? and not reporting on that at all. And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? This is, a, a, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> I, I see now why you've done Twitter Spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. You want to talk about the BBC? All right, let's, 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 talk about, let's talk about something else. You weren't expecting that. Let's talk about... <laughs> Oh, that reporter was just handed his ass by Elon Musk. So I, so I see the conversation about hate speech going on in the chat. Uh, hate speech is simply code for anything that you want censored. Uh, or the, I'm sorry, anything that the left wants censored. Uh, the left can't handle hate speech. They can't handle being challenged on things. And they also don't even know how to define it themselves. It's like asking them what a woman is an adult human female. They can't say that because from their perspective, anybody or anything could be a woman. Uh, you know, from a leftist perspective, here I am holding a woman in my hand right now, if that's how I decide that it should be. So thank God for Elon Musk. I am really, really excited about him and the things he's doing. All right. Last week, we brought you news about the possible money laundering implications of Act Blue running what appears to be tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, of probably illegal money through their donation portal in the names of people who had no idea that their names were being used. Act Blue and it would appear Win Red, as I've heard people say, uh, have taken people's names who donated previously and then funneled money through those names. Now, 
I haven't seen the stuff from WinRed, and I know that some people are uh, find it difficult to believe that some people could actually donate a lot of money. From what I understand, nobody has approached any of the WinRed donors to verify the possible claims that could be made. But we do know that people have actually identified Democrats. Uh, and maybe I'm not an American citizen. What the heck? That was not supposed to happen. Um, but people have actually spoken to the Democrats who donated to Act Blue. Now, one of those people was a, a young man by the name of Clinton Rary. I actually uh, showed uh, the video of him going to what was uh, apparently some type of a retirement home and speaking with an elderly woman who had been apparently donating to Act Blue something like 11 times a day for the last four years. It was an obscene amount of money. Turns out that she actually was not the person who was donating. It was just somebody, most likely an Act Blue employee, who was running money through the organization. Now, if it wasn't an Act Blue employee, then you have to ask yourself, you know, who got the information about people who had donated to the Democrats and then used that information to run the money through? Could it be the cartels? Could it be George Soros? Could it be other wealthy donors who have reached their campaign limits? Quite honestly, the possibilities are endless. And as a result of James O'Keefe and his initial report, and then people like uh, my friend Clinton Rary, who actually is going to be joining us here on the program Saturday night at 9 p.m., it has taken root in Washington, D.C., among conservative politicians, and they've begun to take notice. And one of those people is Senator Marco Rubio, who is now demanding a probe through the FEC into Act Blue after we have these multiple reports of fraudulent fundraising off of seniors. Uh, he is demanding that the FEC open an investigation into the Democratic fundraising behemoth Act Blue after this initial report came out and more information and evidence continued to pile in. Rubio said to the FEC two weeks ago, alarming reports emerged of fraudulent donations being reported to the FEC by Act Blue. These reports indicate that numerous individuals, including senior senior citizens, have purportedly donated to Act Blue thousands of times a year. However, according to recent investigative reports, many of these individuals had no idea that their names were being used and that their addresses were being used to give thousands of dollars in political donations with most of these donations in quotations going to Act Blue. And as I said, it was James O'Keefe who broke the story and then a bunch of keen eyed conservative uh, uh, citizen journalists. They went out, they verified, documented themselves. Uh, basically, we should have known, and I think a lot of us uh, just uh, assumed, that the Act Blue apparatus was a money laundering operation that's been going on for so long. I mean, we know that Democrats don't have the popular support of the American people. I can understand uh, liberals and uh, wealthy Hollywood elites donating as much money as they possibly can. But when it comes to senior citizens and people on a fixed income, it simply does not make sense for them to be donating over and over and over again. Now, these small dollar donations make up the bulk of Act Blue's fundraising activities. And as we said, Republicans use Win Red. Um, I would be interested to see anybody out there in the audience. Hey, Munch, good to see you. Anybody out there in the audience uh, who has looked in their own communities to find the same type of 
type of behavior occurring uh, through Win Red. And I would be happy to have you on here and talk about this. Not by it, says Zach. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. And I can tell you the officer was real that got shot. I know people that know him. Thank you for telling us. I assumed that he was real. Um, I uh, I had no reason to doubt that he was a, a real kid who had tragically gotten shot. Now, as far as I know, he's still alive, but he's struggling, fighting for his life. Not by it. Thank you very much uh, for letting us know about that. I appreciate it. Um, so the other aspects of these donations to Act Blue is that it could be coming from other illegal sources. One such illegal source could be uh, fundraising through foreign adversaries, foreign uh, nationals, and basically people who are not allowed to donate. Keep in mind, it was just last week that Leonardo DiCaprio testified in the trial of Proz Michael, the guy from the Fugees who was connected to uh, that guy Lowe from 1MDB, 1MDB being that Malaysian investment thing. It was some type of vehicle. It was like an investment house. And they were using that money to launder into Hollywood, get movies made. But it wasn't for the purpose of making movies. It was because they wanted to make inroads to meet up with political candidates. And one such candidate was Barack Hussein Obama. Barack Obama... Uh, as told to Leonardo DiCaprio, was receiving or had received something like $30 million from Lowe, who funneled it into his campaign through illegal means. This is one of the reasons that Proz Michael is on the uh, uh, on defense right now, uh, because we have foreign nationals using this vehicle to inject tens of millions of dollars into American political campaigns. That's illegal. And uh, the same thing is probably true with Act Blue, where we have all these small dollar donations that are coming through. It could very easily. I, I asked, you know, who could potentially get that information? Well, I think that the Chinese Communist Party is a natural choice for who could potentially get that information. I mean, they have a sophisticated hacking network. Who's to say that they didn't just gain access through legitimate means to the ActBlue information that was held on their servers? I'm sure that ActBlue and the DNC probably had some type of relationship with Chinese organizations, as we've seen in the past. I'm not going to name any of them right now, but it makes sense that they could have gained access and then used it to funnel money from Chinese Communist Party members into the DNC and then have it distributed through Act Blue. Uh, so we need to, to keep an eye on this scandal. This is brewing and it is huge. Uh, just to show you how big it is, after Leonardo DiCaprio testified in uh, federal court last week, uh, they immediately tried to impugn his character. There was some claim from 2005, this woman named Misha Barton, who was on a show called uh, The OC on Fox many years ago, like 20 years ago. Uh, she claimed that she was at some party and her agent said, go sleep with Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, meaning that if she was to sleep with Leo, then he would be able to help her career and she would become an even bigger star. It wasn't like Leo suggested that she sleep with him so that he could help her out. It was her own agent. So this is a non-starter. These are allegations that have already been made some 20 years ago. Uh, but they're specifically coming up now in the wake of Leonardo DiCaprio's testimony where he 
proof positive discusses his conversations with a known fugitive and wanted felon who had donated money directly to Barack Obama's campaign through Prize Michael in an effort to influence United States policy and U.S. elections. That is illegal. And uh, they had to try to destroy Leonardo DiCaprio to stop that information from coming out. Uh, certainly, I hope that Rubio and other Republicans in Congress are going to seriously take this up. We need to know who is donating in these old people's names, and we need to know where that money is coming from. Now, another bit of information that came up today. Uh, President Trump sued his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, for a staggering half a billion dollars, $500 million. Uh, he is alleging that Michael Cohen uh, allegedly breached the attorney-client relationship uh, and is uh, is seeking to do so for unjust enrichment. Now, it uh, it says from the lawsuit, such continuous and escalating improper conduct by Cohen has reached a proverbial crescendo and has left Trump with no alternative but to seek legal redress through this action. This lawsuit states uh, that Trump has suffered vast reputational harm as a direct result of Cohen's breaches. Now, this has nothing to do with Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's case, although you can bet that were it not for the deep state's attention to Michael Cohen, uh, this never would have happened. Michael Cohen would have just, you know, wandered off into the sunset and he wouldn't have, have had anything to say about President Trump. Now, I know that Michael Cohen's relationship behind the scenes is one that is up for debate. Either Michael Cohen is just the biggest sleazeball lawyer on the face of the planet, and he is willing to do or say anything to President Trump uh, to have President Trump destroyed as a result of his lack of support for him. Or maybe Michael Cohen, who was President Trump's personal attorney and a, a, a close confidant for a very long time, uh, actually fell on his sword to support the mission of the president, because what is Michael Cohen really doing except showing that the uh, cowardly deep state political elites are willing to do and say whatever is necessary to try to destroy President Trump? Michael Cohen's uh, violation of that attorney client privilege simply shows that these people are without morals. These people have no ethics. They have no boundaries. There is nothing they will not cross. And. If they accept the accounts of Michael Cohen, essentially informing upon his former client, well, then who's to say we can't expect lawyers who represented the Clintons or the Obamas or other high profile Democrats to do exactly the same thing. And in regards to that, just recently, the DNC has quietly cut ties with lawyer Mark Elias. Mark Elias, who for decades has been the pit bull of the Democrats and the DNC. We're going to talk about this in just a moment. So please sit back and we'll be right back after this. 
All right. Trisha Q Patriot, Texas says, uh, Zach, have you seen that video that was leaked from Letitia James office? It was the Trump deposition. I saw it on Facebook. He pled the fifth to each question. It was very hard to watch that video. I did see it. I saw it when it was initially released. I don't know that, that it was leaked so much as it was just released um, and uh, released with the knowledge uh, of President Trump. I, I'm not certain about that. Um, but for me, it was not difficult for me to watch President Trump pleading the fifth. You have to remember that the investigation of President Trump and the paths that they're trying to take uh, are themselves illegitimate. But that doesn't mean that they won't take President Trump's words and try to twist them in such a way that they can use them against him. Never forget, it is your constitutional right to not say anything that will incriminate you. Let me repeat that. The Fifth Amendment is your constitutional right to not be forced to make statements that can incriminate you. That doesn't mean just not saying things that you did, but things that they want you to say that they can use against you. So for me, watching President Trump plead the fifth, I thought it was a boss moment. I thought that it was him showing these people that they are not going to be able to find anything on him that they can use against him because it simply doesn't exist. All of the things that they were trying to trap him into uh, could have gotten there in a number of different ways. So by President Trump pleading the fifth, he asserted his constitutional right. If you are arrested for whatever reason, if the police pick you up, if they are trying to pin something on you, they will always talk to you. They will try to get you to say whatever you're going to say. Uh, they will prime you for information. They get, they're going to give you your Miranda rights, and they say you have the right to remain silent. That right is paramount, you guys. If you have the opportunity to remain silent, you should always remain silent. And a good lawyer is going to also recommend to you that you don't say anything to the police. And that is not just local PD, but that's the FBI or any other law enforcement agency that might seek to railroad you into a situation. So, uh, yes, thank you very much for the donation. I, uh, I appreciate it. But, yes, keep in mind, President Trump did exactly what he was supposed to do right there. And I think it's exactly what I would have done given that situation. I know that there is a kind of stigma surrounding the idea of pleading the fifth, that if you are pleading the fifth, it means that you must have done something wrong. Well, you've got nothing to hide. Why don't you just say whatever it is they want you to say? Or why don't you answer the question? Uh, and that's because quite literally prosecutors will do whatever they can to get a conviction. Remember, we are not dealing with a system of justice here in the United States that seeks to equally apply the law across all sectors. We are too often finding ourselves in a position where the legal system seeks to send you up the creek at any cost. We have seen it over and over and over again. Uh, Susan VN says, just because I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And Susan is also now a monthly supporter. So just keep that in mind. If the police try to question you about something, you have the right to say nothing until you consult with an attorney because an attorney is going to give you the best advice on what you can say which will not get you in trouble. You might think that you are giving the police what they need to exonerate you, 
But all too often, they're not looking to exonerate you. They're looking to close a case. Trisha says, what gets me is at the beginning of the travesty, Letitia said, none of the proceedings could be discussed in the media. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. Best performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. And then she puts it out to them. Ah, that I can definitely appreciate. Yeah, Letitia James is a dishonest woman. Uh, and uh, I, I have to be honest, I wasn't surprised to see President Trump's deposition find its way online. Uh, but yeah, she's a scumbag. And, and I think we can all agree with you there. Spike Protein says, uh, pleading the fifth is smart. Less is more when it comes to what you say to the police and in court. This applies even if you are innocent. Exactly. Because... Even if you are innocent, the police and the prosecuting attorney 
might not believe you're innocent. They might believe that you're guilty and they're just looking for the end that they need to actually pin something on you. Okay, so Michael Cohen going after President Trump and now President Trump suing Michael Cohen. Uh, perhaps he's going to win and it's going to show that Michael Cohen never should have opened his mouth. And uh, maybe during the course of that lawsuit, Michael Cohen will be placed under deposition and find himself needing to plead the fifth. Or he might just answer questions that show how terribly corrupt this system is and show how people that hate Trump were looking to use him to destroy POTUS. I think there's a real opportunity with the suing of Michael Cohen. Now, Mark Elias, the pit bull for the DNC, he has been cut loose. If the DNC is no longer hiring Mark Elias, then I don't know what the heck this guy is going to do. He is going to have to find his own work for him. Uh He was, if you'll remember, the orchestrator behind the Steele dossier. Uh, He and the D.C. have officially separated because of strategic differences. This is uh, from a report that was given to a a group called Punchbowl News. Now, he began working for the party back in 2009, and he made $2 million from the work that he did during the 2022 election cycle. Uh, now, the DNC has said this through a spokesperson. The DNC works with a number of law firms on voting rights litigation, compliance, contracting, and more. The DNC is appreciative of Elias Law Group's years of work and service of the values we share. Uh, now, considering the fact that we know that Mark Elias was one of the driving forces behind the Steele dossier, considering the fact that we know his deep seated connections to the DNC and a lot of the dirty work they've done to subvert the Constitution, the United States of America, and our election system, uh, perhaps Mark Elias is going to need to find himself in a position where he's going to have to talk about what he was doing at the DNC. Maybe Mark Elias is going to be upset that the DNC no longer wants to hire him. Certainly, Mark Elias was involved in a lot of questionable activity when he was there at the D at working for the DNC and of course for Hillary Clinton's failed 2016 presidential campaign. Um, the evidence that could potentially come out from Mark Elias working against the DNC, I think is damning. Uh, and it poses a particular threat for the DNC and the Democrat apparatus at large. So either Mark Elias is going to start talking Or maybe the DNC is going to silence him. We'll have to see how that one turns out. Ah, Esther, Esther, your your husband and I probably would get along. She says, my husband says that all the time. He spends countless hours watching videos of bad behavior cops. Yeah, I definitely watch videos of cop interactions. I think it's extremely helpful. You know, because, you know, while I am a supporter of law enforcement, first and foremost, I'm a supporter of my constitutional rights. And I think that everyone here needs to have a firm grasp on exactly what an interaction with the police should go like. 
Uh, sometimes officers are not going to like it that you don't just play ball with them. Quite often, those ones are the bad apples. If you come across an officer who understands your constitutional rights and is perfectly willing to allow you to exercise them, those are the ones that we need to keep. And those are the ones that I respect the most. Now, one person that I don't respect is Alvin Bragg. Frey on the boys. Good to see you out there, buddy. Uh, Shelly66 says, our last name is Payne. <laughs> Yay, Zach. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, red pill, real red pill girlfriend, uh, says that Mark Elias is unemployable now. Yeah, he might be unemployable. Um, but I tend to think that he has a lot of dirt that could bring the DNC down. So I'm actually very surprised that the DNC has separated from him. It kind of leads me to believe that Mark Elias himself might be in legal jeopardy. So keep your eye out. You know, we're still waiting on stuff from Durham. I know that that's probably a sore subject for a lot of people. Um, but John Durham would be the perfect venue to actually go after Mark Elias for some type of criminal culpability. Now, again, one person I don't respect is New York District Attorney, Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg. Um, he, after announcing the charges against President Trump, which are not Trump, which are not charges, they are trumped up accusations, which really have no basis in law. Uh, if you read the indictment and the statement of facts, it doesn't read like a, uh, a law graduate actually wrote it. It reads like it was written by an AI who had only just a, 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 a the briefest understanding of what was supposed to happen. Uh, it was like the AI had read mainstream media articles about President Trump and his behavior and the things he's done. And, and, and it, it constructed this 34-count indictment. Well, anyways, Alvin Bragg announced the indictment. He had the press conference. And, of course, our friend Jim Jordan had announced that he was going to investigate Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg didn't take kindly to that. Uh, he had requested a temporary restraining order against Jim Jordan to try to stop the investigation from actually taking place. Now, the only thing is the federal court has now denied Alvin Bragg's request for that temporary restraining order, which in effect would have prevented Jim Jordan from questioning a former prosecutor about Bragg's case against former President Donald Trump, still president in my eyes. So, Sounds like there is at least one former subordinate to Alvin Bragg with intimate knowledge of the details behind the conversations surrounding the indictment of President Trump, who is interested in speaking with Jim Jordan about what he's witnessed and about perhaps the thought processes of Alvin Bragg himself. Uh, Spike Protein says, I'm a supporter of law and order, but not onerous police behavior. Absolutely. I lived in one town where I would get harassed for walking in my own neighborhood after 9 p.m. Why are you out so late? Well, because I'm allowed to be. This is my neighborhood. Yes, that's disgusting when that happens. You know, unfortunately, we have police who are not enforcing the right crimes. And then we have a police who are selectively enforcing the wrong crimes. It's uh, almost uh, uh, it's, it's just inconceivable at times. So regardless, Bragg filed this lawsuit against Jordan just yesterday in an attempt to stop him from following through on a subpoena for Mark Pomerantz, who was the former special assistant in the Manhattan D's office uh, and who left when Bragg took over out of frustration. Why? Because Bragg had, uh, I'm sorry, out of frustration that Bragg paused the Manhattan office's investigation of Donald Trump. 
So according to a memorandum with the filing, Bragg was not only looking to stop Jordan from enforcing this unlawful, unconstitutional subpoena by obtaining that temporary restraining order, but also to prohibit Mr. Pomerantz from complying with it. Sounds to me like uh, Bragg doesn't want anybody talking about the process, how, how the sausage is made. He doesn't want anybody looking behind that curtain like the, the Wizard of Oz. Untitled 82 said these people will be held accountable one day. Nothing can stop what is coming. Change my mind. And I absolutely agree with you. It may be slow going, guys, but we are moving towards the final countdown. I'm about to play that song. So. Hours after Bragg filed his lawsuit, we had a Trump-appointed U.S. District Judge, Mary Kay Viscosal, denying Bragg's request for the temporary restraining order, which would have immediately blocked Jordan from following through on the subpoena with Pomerantz. She said the court declines to enter the proposed temporary restraining order and order to show cause. It is hereby ordered that plaintiff shall effect service of the defendants of the complaint together with a copy of this order, the plaintiff's motion, and any supporting papers on or before 9 p.m. tonight. Now, it referenced a declaration from Theodore J. Boutrous Jr., but the court has not been provided with this document yet, nor is it on the docket. They also said that Bragg failed to provide a copy of the subpoena served on Pomerantz, almost in the same way that Bragg failed to enumerate a crime that was specifically definable committed by Donald Trump in his indictment and in the statement of facts. Now, Mike Davis is the founder and president of the pro-Trump Article 3 project and former chief counsel for nominations to Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley. He told Breitbart News that Bragg's lawsuit against Jordan is laughably frivolous. Soros-funded DA Alvin Bragg's lawsuit against House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan is laughably frivolous, as evidenced by the fact that Bragg couldn't even win a temporary restraining order. Harvard Law should demand that Bragg return his law degree. And shockingly, even Vanity Fair uh, reporting on it this way, Alvin Bragg can't pretend Jim Jordan doesn't exist any longer. Now that the pave that now that the road has been paved to allow Alvin Bragg's subordinates and people in his office to be subpoenaed. Looks like Jim Jordan is going to have his way, uh, and uh, he's going to actually put forth a, uh, uh, a, a an investigation into what's happening behind the scenes there, uh, and the indictments of Donald Trump, which, as we know, uh, are completely frivolous themselves. All right. One such uh, aspect of these hearings, which I think is just brilliant, uh, is that, number one, they're going to be held in Manhattan. Can you believe it? The House Judiciary is going to hold hearings on the behavior of Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg there in the heart of Crime City Central, Manhattan. And one of the people who are going to be uh, actually testifying, and actually there will be a number of them in this category, but remember that bodega bodega clerk who was charged with uh, murder for stabbing his attacker. Uh, This was the man named Jose Alba. He was behind the counter at his bodega. This guy and his girlfriend came in and tried to rob him, and Jose Alba stabbed him. The guy died, and that was it. Uh, Now, Alvin Bragg tried to actually charge that guy with murder. So who better to testify on the scurrilous 
and suspicious activities of Alvin Bragg than an innocent law-abiding citizen who was practicing his constitutional right to self-defense and was charged with a heinous crime. He was thrown into the brig with all of the other criminals. I think they put him on uh, Rikers Island. Jose Alba was 61 years old. He got charged with second-degree murder last year after he fatally stabbed August Simon, who was an ex-con and a 35-year-old career criminal who had attacked uh, Alba while he was working in his bodega. Now, Eventually, because of public outcry, Bragg had dropped that case. Uh, however, uh, it was determined that surveillance footage showed from the start that Jose Alba acted in self-defense. So the charges themselves never should have been filed in the first place. And also, Alba never should have been locked up on Rikers Island for a weekend uh, with all of the actual criminals. Now, Despite the fact that those charges were dropped, Alba moved back to the Dominican Republic after the experience. He said he was so traumatized. Um, he also is planning to sue Alvin Bragg for wrongfully prosecuting him. Now, Jordan has also announced a number of other witnesses. We have Madeline Brame, who is the chairman of the Victim Rights Reform Council, and a woman named Jennifer Harrison. She's the founder of Victims Rights New York. Uh, Brame's son, who was an Army vet and a father of three, his name was Hasten Korea, was beaten and stabbed to death in Harlem by a group of four assailants back in October of 2018. And last year, Alvin Bragg's office cut a plea deal with the lone female defendant that sprung her from prison for time served. There was another defendant who pleaded guilty to gang assault and was sentenced to only seven years behind bars for a murder. Seven years behind bars for the death of an army veteran and a father of three. That is disgusting. If I ever had heard of anything that got me more worked up, that was that right there. Now, Harrison's boyfriend, Kevin Davis, was fatally stabbed outside a New Jersey nightclub back in January 2005, along with his best friend. So two murders, three suspects were arrested in that case. Two of them cut deals with prosecutors to get the charges dropped, and then the third pled guilty and only received a minimal sentence. Once again, double homicide, and these guys just walk away. Uh, Victims Rights New York maintains that uh, they have a petition to fire Alvin Bragg, and it has been addressed to Governor Hochul uh, by the organization and Mr. Correa's family. Uh, it was also indicated by the committee that additional witnesses are going to join this hearing, however unorthodox, but it will be approaching the investigation into Alvin Bragg that I think is necessary uh, so that we can bring the uh, uh, the actual punishment against him that I think a lot of people are hoping for, that he's going to be removed from office. Here is Jose Alba behind the counter in his bodega holding a knife for protection. Here is the criminal career criminal who was attempting to rob Jose Alba, about to F around and find out, getting stabbed by an innocent American immigrant, somebody first-generation American, uh, and defending himself in a way that would befit any of us. Uh, I, I think that every single one of you here, if your life was in danger and you had the opportunity to use deadly force to stop yourself from being killed, you would absolutely do it. Here he is being hauled off by New York City police officers. And Alvin Bragg uh, has had a history of making really, you know, uncomfortable decisions when it comes to enforcing the law for the people of New York. You know, so interesting in the press conference, he, he said, you know, no, nobody escapes justice and we can't, we can't just 
uh, let people go for crimes or whatever, like meaning that Donald Trump, his crimes are so horrible, we got to prosecute him. What about all the people who are murdering, robbing, raping, killing, uh, raping? <laughs> you know, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, those people don't have to worry in Alvin Bragg's New York. And as a result, it is a hellscape. And I would never go back to New York as it stands today. Um, I want to move to San Francisco right now because this was one of the most self, one of, one of the greatest self-owns that I've seen in my 44 and change years here on planet Earth. Um, we have this San Francisco school board member who was part of the defund the police movement back in 2020. Now, after defunding the police, the streets of San Francisco are also a literal hellscape where you can walk down the street in the most swankiest parts of the city and get stabbed to death yourself. Doesn't matter if you are a tech crypto billionaire. Um, her name is Hillary Ronan, and of course, she's a Democrat. Back in 2020, she was head of the pack, pushing defund the police. She said, I believe strongly in defunding the police and reducing the number of officers on our force. Now, fast forward three years later, and during a budget and appropriations committee this March, she pleaded to add more officers to the ranks to the mission district. Because that's where she represents. She told the committee members, I've been begging this department to give the mission what it deserves in terms of police presence all year long. Let's go ahead and take a listen to her words coming from her own mouth. As Dan has said on the show many times before, including just Thursday night, the defund the police movement was always foolish. And little by little, thankfully, the people who once promoted that movement now seem to be realizing just how absurd it actually is. And the latest example of a pro-defund advocate making a sudden about-face came in San Francisco last week, where Hillary Ronan, a Democratic supervisor in the city, made a passionate appeal during a city budget hearing to fund police in a big way. We've been begging for more footbeats and for more officers. In the Mission District. Do you, do you hear the, 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 the applause? Okay. That's because people recognize, rational, intelligent people with an IQ over 75 recognize that police are what stand between you and criminally ravaged streets, such as we see in New York, such as we see in Portland, such as we see in Seattle, such as we see in San Francisco, all leading the pack in the defund the police movement. And now here they are wondering where it all went wrong. Begging this department to give the mission what it deserves in terms of police presence all year long, and I have been told time and time and time and time again, there are no officers that we can send to mission. It hurts, and I feel betrayed by the department. I feel betrayed by the mayor. I feel betrayed by the priorities of this city. Betrayed by yourself. You were the one demanding that police be taken off the streets. And now, three years later, it's your windshield that's getting smashed out. It is your car that has a homeless person sleeping in the back seat. It's your store that is being shut down because it's not sustainable to keep it open. Or your employees 
are finding themselves unable to protect themselves from the criminal element that come inside, such as Whole Foods, which I showed you yesterday. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, and see if we can get, I want to see her actual words discussing her desire for the police to be taken off the streets. Back in August of 2020, I want to make it clear that I believe strongly in defunding the police and reducing the number of officers on our force. For decades, we've had an imbalance in our city's budget, with hundreds of millions of dollars going to SFPD to have them do work they are not qualified to do. Well, Hillary, how'd that work out for you? Obviously, not too well, because here we are three years later, and you find yourself needing police so that you can live safely. Let's go ahead and listen to this one. Enough. And it's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the that has destroyed our city. It can't make. Okay, so let me just remind you. Gavin Newsom, who has overseen the abject destruction of California as a state, used to be the mayor of San Francisco. Now London Breed is the mayor of San Francisco, and it's only gotten worse, just continues to get worse. Uh, And I think that as long as these Democrats uh, continue to oversee large population centers implementing policies such as this, then we will continue to see this precipitous decline in quality of life, this uh, precipitous increase in criminal activity. Uh, If I was a police officer, I wouldn't want to work in a place like San Francisco. Good luck. Good luck finding people to fill those positions after you unceremoniously cut them from the budget because you wanted to kowtow to bend the knee to Black Lives Matter. Untitled 82 says the deep state players are insane. It's clear as day. How the normies can't see this is beyond me. The mainstream media entertainment brainwashing machine is strong still. Yes, it is strong still. You're absolutely right. All right. So. Uh, how else are the left and the deep state and their power structure being rattled? Well, uh, we have some interesting stories coming out of uh, good old Mexico. Remember when the president of Mexico said that fentanyl labs were not in existence down there, that it was coming from China through Mexico. Mexico wasn't actually producing any fentanyl that was then ending up on the streets of American cities, turning our children into drug addicts and murdering tens of thousands of people every single year. Uh, Five shots going on six. You have more people dying from drug addiction every year than you have dying from COVID. That might be superseded rather soon by people dying from the shot. But I'm glad you keep showing up. Uh, Glad that you keep proving the odds wrong. But remember, statistics catches up with everyone, every single one of us. Mexico's president claimed that the country was not producing fentanyl Uh, and It turns out that he was wrong. Uh, They just raided a lab in Sinaloa that was being used not only to manufacture fentanyl, but also methamphetamines. This took place late last week in Culiacan, Sinaloa, uh, where the federal authorities raided a home in a particular neighborhood. Uh, During that raid, they found over 250 pounds of fentanyl, uh, more than five pounds of fentanyl powder, 500 
excuse me, 250 pounds of fentanyl pills, five pounds of fentanyl powder, and over 75 pounds of fentanyl paste. They also found seven pounds of heroin and several chemicals that are used to manufacture synthetic drugs. Uh, have you guys seen what's happening in uh, Philadelphia? They got people falling asleep on the street with like rotting holes in their arms and in their legs. There's this drug that's called Trank. It's like an animal tranquilizer. They are mixing heroin with it, and it makes people super doped up for like two hours, but then they immediately go into withdrawals, and then they got to go get more. And when they inject it, it causes necrosis of their limbs. It's uh, epidemic proportions. Totally, totally disgusting. Now, the discovery of these labs uh, flies in the repeated claims of the current president of Mexico, uh, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador, uh, because he's always maintained that his country does not prevent fent, excuse me, that his country does not produce fentanyl, that they are not adding to the drug woes of the United States. I'll tell you what is adding to the drug woes of the United States, our porous southern border, which is allowing fentanyl to come streaming across so that it can make its way into the neighborhoods of people all across this great nation. Mexico has a large part to play in it. Uh, And uh, the reason they have a large part to play is not only because they are lackadaisical in their enforcement of our border laws and their own border laws, um, but they're also lackadaisical in their enforcement of crimes committed by the Mexican drug cartels. Now, if anybody here has ever watched the show Narcos, I highly recommend you watch Narcos because it is an intimate look into the structure of the drug cartels, beginning with the drug cartels in Colombia, the way that it kind of moved the power structure from South America and Central America up here to Mexico, uh, and then how it kind of spilled over into the United States. Watching the rise of this problem was uh, just in- incredible, and and it was highly interesting for me. Uh, one of the things that I take away from the uh, the program Narcos is, is how embedded the drug manufacturing and uh, Mexican drug cartel platform is to Mexican politics. And I find it very likely that much the same thing is happening here in America. That might be why we have been soft on the drug cartels during the Obama regime uh, as well. But luckily, especially now that they just found these manufacturing facilities down in Mexico, which are run by the drug cartels, we have Kevin McCarthy coming out with another pretty based take. He is suggesting that we designate cartels as terrorist groups. I can't believe we haven't done this before. Uh, I just learned yesterday for the first time that uh, we're also not sanctioning Mexican drug cartels. The Mexican drug cartels are allowed to do business openly here in the United States. They're allowed to launder the dollars from their ill-gotten gains through American banks, which, frankly, would probably collapse were it not for the hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even billions of dollars in drug profits that are laundered through these banks. So if the Republicans are successfully able to designate the drug cartels in Mexico as terrorist groups, This would make a big change in the way that the job is done laundering their money. They will no longer be able to launder that money through American banks. Uh, There also may be some interesting connections that are brought to light 
as a result of the creation of this designation. Perhaps American politicians that have some connections to Mexican drug cartels will be exposed as a result. Uh, these comments that Kevin McCarthy made came from a, uh, a long-form interview that was taped at the U.S. Speaker's office just off the House floor. Uh, and the interview was for Breitbart News, and they touched on a number of different topics. They talked about confronting the Chinese Communist Party, talked about the debt ceiling, which is just a fantasy at this point, uh, and of course, the release of the January 6th tapes from earlier this year. I still think they could have done a little bit more with that. Uh, Untitled 82, Mexico is a shadow Ukraine. Think human trafficking, drugs, and weapons has been like this for years. I don't even think it's a shadow Ukraine. I think that the drug trafficking, the human trafficking, you know, uh, the uh, weapons trafficking, it's been happening in the open for years. I mean, all of my adult life, certainly. You know, I mean, uh, this is nothing new. I I mean, it's like Ukraine... They were a shadow Ukraine because they didn't openly admit and also Ukrainian criminals were not like roaming the streets and having gun battles with the police or the uh, the federal police uh, and kidnapping people and killing them. I mean, this, you know, European countries are a little bit different. They're going to keep their crimes on the DL. Uh, yeah, Mexico, not even shadow. They were just open drug and human trafficking markets. And uh, the United States government does absolutely nothing to stop it. So McCarthy says uh, that his comments are coming on the back of these four Americans that were just recently kidnapped by cartels in Mexico. How is that any different than Palestinian terrorists kidnapping Olympic athletes uh, from uh, an airfield? This happened in Munich back in the early 1980s, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know the exact uh, year. I don't think there's any difference to it because two of these Americans lost their lives. Uh, he said, I think you have to designate them as terrorist groups. We do not have operations control of our border. For anyone in America that's been down there, I want to give credit to Governor Abbott. It should be, it shouldn't be his job to secure the border. He's absolutely right, but he has to put an effort into it because there is nobody else that's doing it. The cartels are making billions of dollars on human trafficking, right? But they're using weapons. They're shooting. We watched in broad daylight what they would do with respect for the life of Americans. They are perfectly willing to sacrifice American lives if it means they have another opportunity to win a few dollars or if they have the opportunity to sell another woman into the sex trade, uh, sex slavery trade. Uh, they are terrorists. They are 100% terrorists. And I think that border agents will tell you they've had firsthand knowledge of it. I think that anybody who is stationed on our southern border, they're going to know this. Uh, And uh, it makes sense why that old man in Arizona shot that uh, illegal who was carrying an AK-47. He could have very easily been cartel. He might have been cartel. We don't know. The prosecutor charging him with uh, first or second degree murder, whichever it is. There is a lot of information they're not willing to tell us. Uh, take, for example, remember my conversation at the beginning of the show about pleading the fifth, knowing that it's your right to not say anything. Uh, that man, I'm sure that he spoke to police immediately after taking down that illegal crossing over his land, carrying an AK-47, which, as I understand, was leveled at the old man. He probably talked to the police right away and they took his statements and they used it to charge him with first or second degree murder, whichever it is at this point. Um, He would have done better not to say anything and directed all questions through his attorney. The open border policies of the current regime have significantly increased the woes of American citizens. The everyday quality of life that continues to drop 
Uh, if we want to solve this, then it's going to take some tough, decisive action. And I'm glad to see Kevin McCarthy talking about this, but I'd like to see Kevin McCarthy taking action even more. Now, we also have bad news for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who is currently in, um, he is currently in Ireland. And let me actually show you some interesting video of Joe Biden getting off the plane in Ireland. Take a look at this. This is Joe Biden meeting the prime minister of the UK. Uh, and Rishi Sunak is his name. He's a brown person. And Joe Biden walks up to him, shakes his hand, and then shoves him out of the way so that he can talk to other people. Remember Joe Biden, who eulogized a Klansman at his funeral, Robert Byrd. Uh, let's go ahead and take Getting a look. off Air Force One in the last half an hour or so, shaking hands with Rishi Sunak. Who- Getting there he goes. He's like, out of the way, boy. Half an hour or so, shaking hands. Out of the way, boy. Rishi Sunak, as the prime minister of England, should have been Joe Biden's primary focus. I mean, Rishi Sunak is visiting the tarmac for one reason and one reason only, and that is to welcome the supposed president of the United States onto the shores of the United Kingdom. Joe Biden probably doesn't know who Rishi Sunak is, uh, but as we've seen Joe Biden in the past, uh, he doesn't know much of anything as it stands today. But rather than having a conversation with Rishi Sunak or even contemplating uh, who he might possibly be, he just moves right past him. Get out of the way. I'm going to continue on. Rishi Sunak, who was there on the tarmac uh, to greet him in the wind and Occasional little blast of rain here in Northern Ireland uh, this evening. They'll have a meeting face to face in the morning ahead of. All right. So anyways, one of the reasons that I've always thought maybe Joe Biden is uh, having such a public display of issues with his memory is because it gives him plausible deniability when it comes to having to testify about crimes that he or his family may have committed. We now have an ex-White House aide who has come forward to testify about the crimes of the Biden family, as well as the uh, as well as the unfair treatment he was given by our Justice Department and law enforcement agencies, such as the FBI. When the FBI ignored Joe Biden's role in Ukraine business dealings. Remember, Joe Biden has always publicly stated that he and Hunter had nothing to do with each other's business. He knew nothing about Hunter Biden's business. But of course, as we know, Hunter Biden's business partners visited Joe Biden in the White House dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And quite often, that visit would then be uh, leading to some sort of major boon for Hunter Biden having to do with foreign business dealings that were set up or organized or orchestrated in some way by Joe Biden, who was at that time the vice president of the United States. Now, The FBI has ignored Joe Biden's role in his family's foreign influence peddling, not only in Ukraine, but in a number of other nations all across the globe. Who is making this claim? Former White House stenographer Mike McCormick. That is a name you may remember from the Obama era. He told the New York Post that he has relevant information implicating Joe Biden in his family's business affairs in the Ukraine and He even submitted a tip to the FBI back in February. But, of course, McCormick never heard back from the FBI. Now, that same law enforcement agency is the one 
who had allegedly shut down that investigation into Hunter's laptop from hell. They knew about Hunter's laptop well before the election, and they sat on it. They buried it so that they didn't have to do the hard work and actually look into it. This is from Mike McCormick directly. Joe Biden committed crimes in Ukraine in a conspiracy with current national security advisor Jake Sullivan, also a protege of Hillary Clinton. I am a witness to that happening. Now, I am glad that Mike McCormick is coming forward, but I have to say, given the nature of his claims, I hope he also has adequate protection for himself and his family, because this is the kind of thing they assassinate you for. Now, according to McCormick, Biden's former national security aide, Jake Sullivan, told reporters on April 14th, 2014, on Air Force Two, as an anonymous senior administration official, that the United States intended to help Ukraine's natural gas industry. Now, unknown to the general public at that time, Hunter Biden was a board member on a little company called Burisma, which just so happened to be a Ukrainian natural gas company. Do you understand yet? Hunter's position on that board was not disclosed by the company until May 12th of 2014. That was nearly a month after Jake Sullivan anonymously made the statement to reporters. Now, the U.S. would specifically offer technical assistance relating to a regulatory framework and also the technology that would be required to extract unconventional gas resources. And Ukraine has meaningful reserves of unconventional gas, according to the latest estimates. McCormick recounted Jake Sullivan's statement to reporters on the flight. How does he know this? Well, he was there. Okay, he saw it firsthand. McCormick said he wants to testify before the federal grand jury in Delaware that is currently investigating Hunter for tax and gun violations. And I hope to God a whole lot more. He said, I'll go under oath before anyone who needs to hear the truth about Joe Biden's criminal activities. Talk to Jim Jordan. Somebody, please, God, get a hold of Mike McCormick. Get him before Congress so that he can testify about everything that he knows. Get him before a grand jury. I mean, there have got to be any number of people out there who now, as a result of the indictments on Donald Trump, are willing to finally bring charges for the crimes of the Biden crime family. Hunter, who joined the board in April 2014, this is two years before Joe stated that he forced the firing of Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin, who just happened to be investigating Burisma. Uh, Hunter had no experience in the natural gas sector. However, despite that lack of knowledge, he was paid $83,000 per month by the energy company, or $1 million per year. How do How does anybody out there who doesn't identify as a conservative who identifies as a liberal or a libtard, how do they look at a situation like this and rationalize it to themselves? I mean, the mental gymnastics that are required when you recognize that this man was given a job. Okay, not so weird. Okay, well, his father was the vice president of the United States who was orchestrating deals for the company that the son was hired by, who was getting paid $83,000 a month for what? For his vast knowledge about natural gas extraction, for his vast knowledge about Ukrainian business dealings? No, neither. He had neither. Hunter Biden was just a dude, a dude who got kicked out of the military for getting high on cocaine, whose dad was the vice president of the United States. 
In 2014, December 2014, Congress approved a $50 million package for the Ukrainian energy sector, which included the natural gas sector. And that was supported by the Obama administration. And if, if you'll remember, Joe Biden was the point person on U.S. foreign policy toward Ukraine during the Obama administration. So again, Joe Biden just happened to be the guy who knew the guy who got his son hired by this Ukrainian national gas company. And although Joe Biden claims that he was not aware of any of his son's business dealings, he must have been. He must have been. Uh, because we have the information from the laptop. It shows that he was meeting with the business partners of Hunter from Burisma, a man named Vadim Pozharsky. And then back in 2015, Vice President Biden approved an official statement about Hunter's Burisma board position, uh, which means that he was aware of the statement that was going to go out. Well, let me just make sure that that statement aligns with what I have told the press and the American public at large. He signed off on it. Give this quote to reporters in my name shortly, Joe Biden said uh, when uh, discussing the nature of his knowledge of Hunter and Eric Schwerin's business deals. An additional trove also reveals that Bettingfield reassured Eric Schwerin back in 2015 that a damaging story from Bloomberg reporter Margaret Taleb about the Biden family's business dealings in Ukraine would be quashed unless editors hold a gun to her head. We have a third trove of data that was released from the National Archives showing that Hunter advised the office of Vice President Joe Biden back in 2014 on how to handle media inquiries regarding his position on the board of Burisma. That right there is a potential violation of federal law due to Hunter failing to register as a foreign agent. To anybody out there who was so gung-ho about Michael Flynn being charged for FARA violations, do you feel the same way about Hunter Biden not being charged for FARA violations? Or is it okay because he's a Biden? Is it okay because he was the son of the vice president? That's okay. No, we let elites get away with things here in the United States as long as they have a D next to their name. No, then it's totally cool. Well, in 2018 and 2020, Breitbart senior contributor and Government Accountability Institute, President Peter Schweitzer, he is an author of such incredible books as Secret Empires and Profiles in Corruption. Uh, he wrote a number of books about the Clintons as well, uh, and he has uncovered more information about the cronyism of the Biden crime family than anyone else. Uh, so I love it. I am very excited in anticipating what's going to come out about his crimes, and uh, what the White House, the uh, Obama White House has to say about it. All right, guys, and um, I, okay, we've got two more stories, and then I'm going to call it a day, because I, I got to get ready for Altered State tonight at 8.30. Uh, please do me a favor, uh, if you wouldn't mind, actually click that like button. Um, yes, uh, yes, uh, I don't want to ban people, guys, so if there are trolls in the chat, just don't talk to them. Or use your intelligence and your evidence and your understanding uh, to drop red pills on them and show them that uh, they that they're wrong. Okay. Now the only the only qualification for getting banned in my chat is if you come after my mom or my girl. If you come after my mom or my girl, you're going to find yourself on the chopping block. So. Keep that in mind if anybody out there wants to get uh, banned. You just come after my mom, come after my girl, and we're done. All right. 
Remember when NPR got labeled as state-affiliated media on Twitter? Well, I thought that was hilarious. And now, as a result, they are quitting Twitter after being exposed as state-affiliated media. Uh, now they are apparently never going to be using Twitter again. Uh, NPR was questioned, saying, we are not putting our journalism on platforms that have demonstrated an interest in undermining our credibility and the public's understanding of our editorial independence. There is no such thing at NPR. Uh, when asked if they would ever return to the platform, he said, I would need some time to understand whether Twitter can be trusted again. At this point, I have lost my faith in the decision-making at Twitter. You know what I say? Good riddance. We don't need you on Twitter, NPR. All right, so finally, guys, earlier this week, we talked about this story. Joe Biden was in on the Mar-a-Lago raid. He knew about it. He had to give special authorization to allow it. It was not lawful. However, Joe Biden, due to his position in Washington, D.C., made it so. Joe Biden was behind the raid. How did he make it happen? Well, he had to remove President Trump's executive privilege so that the raid could occur, meaning that President Trump was right when he said that he had executed executive privilege by declassifying all of those documents. With a simple stroke of a pen, Joe Biden removed his ability to do that. And there you go. Now the FBI and the DOJ can go ahead and raid his home. Right after that illegal raid, uh, we had attorney Mike Davis on Fox News. He pointed out that the raid was unprecedented, unnecessary, and, of course, unlawful. President Trump had the Presidential Records Act behind him, which allowed him to take whatever documents he wanted, classified or not, with him to Mar-a-Lago when he left the White House. So for anybody out there who doesn't understand how our system works, this was something under the authority of the President of the United States, even the former President of the United States. Based upon the Presidential Records Act, President Trump had the legal authority to take these documents with him. Now, there must have been a big reason why the Biden DOJ and A.G. Garland would want to raid a president's home to take these documents away from President Trump. Uh, it has been suggested that Joe Biden wanted to steal President Trump's documents that showed the criminal acts that were committed by him, the Clintons, the Obamas, and, of course, the corrupt FBI and DOJ. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, we also uh, were uh, potentially looking at President Trump having documents that were related to exposing Russia collusion and all the lies that were made up against President Trump. But now we know that there is more to this. Turns out uh, that there is more evidence that's been revealed after we learned of Joe Biden's involvement in the raid. Uh, and this was that revelation I brought you yesterday uh, about Joe Biden's special access request, which allowed the White House to authorize the DOJ to raid President Trump's home. Uh, the Biden White House and the DOJ obtained the Trump records request and created a pretext for the law enforcement raid by way of that special access request. We got memos also that revealed that Joe Biden's White House had worked directly with the DOJ and the National Archives to 
to instigate a criminal investigation into President Trump's handling of documents. Isn't it funny how all these things that they accuse President Trump of, it turns out that they're actually guilty of them themselves? So we got the memos showing that they were talking about using that to take down President Trump. Isn't it funny that before they actually raided Mar-a-Lago, Joe Biden and his regime had been busy covering up his own classified document scandal? Remember all those documents at the University of Penn Biden Center, all the boxes of documents that were kept in Joe Biden's private library that were kept in his garage next to his 67 Corvette. Uh, Yeah, it's quite clear that they take the crimes of themselves and their family members and their criminal apparatus, and then they attempt to project that on to Donald Trump because they are so desperate to get him on something. But as in all things, President Trump will rise to the top. The cream rises to the top because he hasn't committed any crimes. He hasn't done anything wrong. And he is quite literally the best president ever. I need to say thank you to Boise Blanc. Thank you for the cookie. Cuba Anon, thank you as well. Punky Custer dropped a cookie. Country Girl 007 also dropped a cookie. Thank you again to Cuba Anon and Porpoiseful and Asquatch for dropping a can. And then Chops ITMC, if we sanction the cartels, then people like Katie Hobbs would need to find another job, allegedly. Yes, that is very, very true. Um, You know, I will tell you this. Um, Liz Harris has been expelled from the Arizona State Legislature. This was a sad day. Um, and it has to do with that testimony that that woman gave. Now, uh, the Arizona state legislature cast a bipartisan vote earlier today to expel her from the House for allegedly violating ethics rules um, because of the claims made by that woman, uh, Jacqueline Breger. Now, I don't know anything about Jacqueline Breger. I don't know anything about the specifics of those claims or the uh, validity of those claims, but I do know that those claims were made. And I think that extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof, and as such, they deserve extraordinary investigations. So thank you very, very much to everybody for hanging out with us tonight. Average Joe Patriot also said, dropped some shades and said, the future's so bright, you gotta wear shades. Thank you so much. Okay, so thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us today. Uh, We're gonna go ahead and pass this out. I hope that you can join me tonight on Badlands Media with my friend Brad Getz. We're gonna have another episode of Altered State. We're gonna be talking about Uh, the one and only Bohemian Grove. So I hope to see you there. And if I don't see you there tonight, then tomorrow at 1 p.m., I'll be back for Occam's Razor. Until that time, good luck, God bless, and let me just make sure that I'm not missing anything. Yeah, not missing anything else. We'll see you tomorrow or tonight.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.